well, hey, this is Eric. I'm one of the ministers at Regency. I just wanted to thank you for checking out this message. We're praying that God uses this message to draw your heart closer to Him. If you're ever in the Mobile area, we want to invite you to join us for worship on Sundays at 10 a.m. If you'd like to find out more information about Regency or to check out some other resources, visit our website at regencycc.org. So yesterday I had the privilege of coaching a middle school girls basketball game as we concluded our season with our end of the year tournament that we played over at Cottage Hill Christian Academy. And it was a real high scoring affair. The uh, final score was 14 to 9. And thankfully we had 14. And so we won the middle school tournament. It was a lot of fun. Uh, at the end of the first quarter, the score was 3 to nothing. And the only bucket that was made was a banked in three point shot as time expired to end the first quarter. And it didn't get much better in the second half. At the end of the second half, the score was 3-2. to two. It was a really long day, really long day. In fact, there was one point during the game where the official made, or actually didn't make a call, and I disagreed with it. I had a different opinion on the matter. And I kind of let it be known in a kind of a loud way in a small gym. And after apologizing for kind of being out of line and getting a little bit of a warning, he still refused to see my point of view and to go with my opinion on the call or the lack of a call. You've probably got opinions, don't you? Opinions that are different from other people, maybe even in your own family, maybe even in the place that you work, or definitely different from people that are here. We were created to have opinions. So there were a lot of opinions that were found as you read through the Bible, especially as you get into the first century church, reading through the book of Acts, in fact, one of the reasons why we have so many letters in the New Testament is because of difference of opinions. There were things that were going on in ways that people disagreed, and the apostles had to step in many times. To give you a little background, so the, this early church began, and it was mostly Jewish. A lot of the first followers of Jesus was, were Jews. Jesus was a Jew himself. But then as persecution broke out, the church kind of scattered and all of a sudden there were other people becoming Christians that the Bible refers to as Gentiles. That just means somebody who's not a Jew. And as the church began to change a little bit and it became more diverse in its ethnicity, they began to deal with issues. They had issues of race. They had issues with gender. They had issues over a lot of different opinions. They had issues over whether or not you should eat certain meat that had been used in certain places. We're going to come back to that. There were difference of opinions over whether a person who was not a Jew, uh, Jewish male should have to be circumcised in order to be a true follower of Jesus. There were differences of opinions over whether or not you should celebrate holidays that had pagan backgrounds. There's all kinds of opinions and issues that divided them. And one of the reasons why we have so many letters is because the apostles would step in and they would write letters, sometimes to correct some of those ideas, but sometimes just to remind them of what's most important. Well, one of the letters that we have is what we call the book of Romans. It's written by the apostle Paul to a church in Rome that was really important to him. And he writes this letter to this special group and some have said that the book of Romans is Paul's like complete life's work, that he had spent many years formulating this letter, that as he's working and making tents and as he's traveling and as he's sharing the gospel and writing other letters, 
But he's spending a lot of time meditating and really formulating what he thinks is the mission of what God wants for us. He's bringing it all together, what God has done in the Old Testament and what he's doing in Paul's time and what he's doing in our time and what God's ultimate goal is between Israel and the cross and Jesus and the church and this mystery of, of what's going on. As you read through the book of Romans, it's, it's rich. It's like Paul packed it with every deep theological idea that he had. It's a profound letter. Well, as you get towards the end of the book of Romans, he begins to address some different things that were going on, some different opinions that people had. And the problem is not that people had different opinions. The problem is that they were divided over those opinions. And I believe that what Paul writes is definitely applicable to us today. There's a lot of opinions. In fact, there's been a lot of opinions shared in recent days, weeks, and months. And you don't have to ask for the opinions. They're shared whether you want them or not, right? In order to find opinions, you don't have to go far. You can pull out your phone, and you can open up your news app, and it's filled with a lot of opinions. You can open up your Facebook feed, and you can find everybody's opinion on pretty much everything, right? You can walk through Walmart, and you can hear a lot of different opinions on a lot of different topics. There's opinions everywhere. But what we're seeing today, what we're seeing in our nation, and what I fear we're seeing in our churches, is that not that we have opinions, but that we're experiencing division over opinions. And I believe if, if Paul were to step in today, he would say a lot of the same words that he said nearly 2,000 years ago. Some pretty words, some things for us to remember. So if you've got your Bible, I'd love for you to join me in Romans chapter 14. It's a pretty powerful text as Paul concludes one of the most profound books in all of the Bible, chapter 14. Here's what he's going to write starting in verse 1. As for the one who is weak in faith, welcome him, but not to quarrel over opinions. That word weak is really interesting. What does it mean to be weak in faith? In other places, this word is translated as sick. And it doesn't really mean sick as much as, much as it means somebody who has gone back and forth. It's this idea of back and forth reasoning. It's somebody who is trying to figure out something. And maybe they're kind of changing their mind, but they're definitely trying to figure out something. And they have developed an opinion on the matter. And for Paul, when he uses the term weak in faith, he's actually talking about someone who's taken a really harsh view on something that the Bible doesn't necessarily support. I think you'll see that bear out as you read through Romans 14. But he says, as for the one who's weak in faith, welcome him and don't quarrel over opinions. Don't quarrel over these things that are back and forth reasonings. And then he's going to enter into this conversation about meat. Now let's talk about meat. First off, most of us probably agree it's pretty awesome, right? Maybe some of you who are not meat eaters or just don't really love it, and that's okay. We love you and we accept you and welcome you, right? We're not calling you weak. We just love to eat meat, right? So he's having this conversation about meat. And the whole point of the conversation is there was a lot of disagreement over should you eat meat that had been used in pagan worship. So part of pagan worship then is they would make these animal sacrifices, and once you slaughter an animal, it's not good for much else other than to eat. And so they saw a way to make money. So after they slaughtered the animal for pagan worship, they take it to the market and they would sell it for people to buy. And much like you and I do, they go to the market and they find meat on the shelves. Well, that was a big issue because for some of these followers of Jesus, they had it, it bothered their conscience for them to eat meat that had been used in 
temple sacrifices and these pagan worship services. And so they would ask, has this meat been used in pagan worship, in temple worship? And if it was, some wouldn't buy it. For others, they said, no, I don't really care. I just eat meat. I eat meat of all kinds. Don't really care where it came from. Don't really care where it's been used from. Just only care about how it's cooked and seasoned and as long as it tastes good. And it created such a divide in the church that Paul actually addresses the matter. And what he says is so profound. Don't quarrel over these opinions. He's going to go on to say, if you're okay eating the meat, great, eat it. If you're not okay eating this meat, don't eat it. That's okay too. He's actually telling them you both can be right. You can be on opposite sides of this matter and you can both be right. Just be right with each other. We're going to come back to that thought here in just a few minutes. So let's talk about some of the things that we disagree with, that we disagree over. Some things that we can have some healthy conversations about. But if you have them over the water cooler at work, or if you have them with a friend, you can probably have some pretty good healthy conversations. The first one is this. Got some images on the screen. The first one is Michael Jordan and LeBron James. We can have a healthy conversation about who's the greatest basketball player of all time. Maybe you take... Michael Jordan, because he went six for six in NBA championships. Maybe you take LeBron James, because he's won, I think it's four or five, I forget, four maybe, but he's done it with three different teams, and that's really cool. And we could have a really healthy debate. We could have a healthy debate about who's the greatest golfer of all time. Is it Jack Nick, Nicholas? I always want to say Nicholson, but he's the actor. Jack Nicholas, or is it Tiger Woods? Right? Who's the greatest golfer? We could even have hopefully healthy debates, though it might spark a little bit of argument over the best college in the state of Alabama or football team or whatever. And in fact, some of you seeing the different colors is causing some emotions to rise within you, and that's okay. I'm not done yet. We can have really good debates and conversations, and we can all have different opinions on the matter, and it's all good, and it's all right. But then something happens when we see some of these other images. In fact, this next one makes me a little bit uncomfortable. It makes me anxious for a number of reasons. First off, because I know of the divide that's within our country right now. But secondly, because I don't know how you're going to react to this next little part. That it can create anxiety within us. In fact, there's another image that for some might create some anxiety. It might cause different emotions to come out of you. And this last one might be the greatest debate of all time which is the greatest chicken restaurant on the planet. I mean, people have gotten divorced over this. Uh, that's the great debate of our country. Just kidding. Just trying to bring a little humor out of the heaviness. It's great to have opinions. I think that's what Paul says. It's good to have an opinion. But don't fight over the opinions. Folks, I've seen a lot of fighting. I've seen a lot of fighting on Facebook. I've seen a lot of fighting in the grocery store. I saw a lot of fighting on TV, as I know you did. There's so much anger, so much hate. And I believe Satan is just having a field day. I believe he is just sowing so much discord, not only in our country, but in our churches even possibly here at Regency. I'm not naive to think it hasn't affected us here. And I know it breaks God's heart and it breaks mine too. 
And it's great to have an opinion. But I hope we hear the pleading of Paul. Don't fight over opinions because it's not worth it. It's not the most important. But here's the second thing I think Paul's telling us in Romans 14. Make room for different perspectives. What he's saying in Romans 14 is, if you want to eat the meat, that's fine. If you don't want to eat the meat, that's fine too. But try to understand the point of view from your brother or sister in Christ. If you don't know why they have a big deal about it, make room for their perspective. Ask them about it. Sit down and have a cup of coffee. Hey, really tell me, what, what, what do you see is a problem with this whole meat thing? Or if you're on the other side, and you don't understand how somebody could just eat whatever, ask them and truly listen. Take time to truly listen. Don't just hear them talk and then wait for them to hush so you can set them right. Truly listen. And leave room in your life to be wrong. That's what I believe Paul is calling for us to do. I remember I was finishing up my degree. I was working full-time for a church at the time. I was around 21 years old. You know, right about the time you figured all of life out. And working on a Bible degree, I felt like I knew everything that the Bible had to say. Since then, I've learned I don't know that much about it at all. I have more questions than anything. But at the time, I thought I I knew pretty much everything there was to know as a 21-year-old. And you can laugh. It's okay. I've gotten over that kind of arrogance now. Well, I had a family member who had some different views of the Bible than I did. And for a, a long time, for a couple of month period, we actually exchanged emails of different in, in a part of a conversation where he was kind of telling me his ideas on the Bible, and I was telling him my ideas. Really, I was trying to tell him why I thought he was wrong. And as I look back on that conversation now, I look back w- with embarrassment. One, because of my arrogance that was in my heart. That was not what God wanted me to have. But two, I look back with sadness that it could have been room for me to grow. It could have been an opportunity had I made room in my life for a different perspective. I might not have changed my views, but my heart would have been different in the matter. And I could have said, yeah, I see where you're coming from. I don't know about this, and I don't know how to handle this, but I can see how you've gotten to here. Instead, I just waited for him to stop typing. I'd read through it, I'd dissect a couple of lines, and then I'd send him my response, tearing apart his thought process, you know, because it's really good to try to totally go after somebody with twice your age, twice as much Bible knowledge, and really try to tear them apart. My arrogance as a 21-year-old truly now breaks my heart. And I don't know, I still don't fully agree with everything that he believes, but I at least have a better understanding now of where he's coming from. And I think that's the point in whatever area it is that you're struggling with or that you experience some of these emotions or that you have some of these disagreements is that you take time to make room for a different perspective. Have a conversation. Turn on a different news network for a couple of days. Pick up a book by an author maybe you don't agree with. Have have a conversation with somebody that you know has different political or religious ideologies than you do. You may never change your mind, but I hope it will allow you to kind of change your heart a little bit, that God will work in and through that situation for a greater good, and you will have gained a stronger relationship. Because here's what I know. It's so much easier to close our hearts and to shut off our minds. And when we do that, we begin to cast judgment. And Paul says it very clearly. Don't judge your brother. Don't judge them over these matters of opinion. And I think here's what he's saying in this last little section of Romans 14. 
Don't destroy a relationship over a desire to be right. This one's hard for me. I almost destroyed a relationship many years ago over a desire to be right. I now have more respect for that family member than many of my other family members because of the stance he's taken, because of the conviction in his beliefs. Don't destroy a relationship over a desire to be right. Look at what Paul says in Romans 14, verse 13. Let us not pass judgment on one another any longer, but decide never to put a stumbling block or a hindrance in the way of a brother or a sister. I know and I am persuaded in the Lord Jesus that nothing is unclean in itself, but it is unclean for anyone who thinks it's unclean. Do you hear what Paul is saying? He's saying, I don't have an issue with the meat. Paul could sit down and eat any kind of meat. He was not discriminatory over the meat that you placed in front of him. You could say, hey Paul, this meat came straight from the temple. It was used in, in uh, temple worship and Paul would say, do you have any Heinz 57? That would be Paul's response. However, Paul was mindful of the individual who did have an issue with it. And if it is unclean in your mind, then you need to stay away from it and not allow that to violate your conscience. And it's this next line that really gets at my heart. Because if your brother, and this is gender inclusive, brother or sister, your brethren, if they are grieved by what you eat, you're no longer walking in love. By what you eat, do not destroy the one for whom Christ died. We're living in pretty hostile times. We're living in pretty divided times. And I think Paul's words are so important here. There's the next slide. I want to highlight a couple of words. Brother or sister, if they are grieved by what you eat, you're not walking in love. What if we just made a slight tweak I don't believe we're going outside of the scope of Scripture here because Paul is talking about a specific scenario of something, a specific event going on in the life of this church. But the principles for us are there to glean. So what if on the, this next slide we said, what, for if your brother or sister is grieved by what you blank. Let's just remove their circumstance and let's add in ours. If they are grieved by what you say. If they are grieved by what you post, if they're grieved by what you share, if they're grieved by what you wear, if they're grieved by what you display, you're not walking in love. That's where it becomes a challenge to me because God created us to have opinions. In fact, from the time you were born, you had an opinion. There was a time in your life where someone shoved a spoon in your mouth and you showed an opinion regarding what they shoved in your mouth. Before you could speak, before you could communicate in some capacity, you showed your opinion about what you were eating when they shoved it in your mouth and you spit it right back in their face. God created you to have an opinion. Opinions are good. God did not create us to divide over our opinions. And I believe that given today, 2021, with the events that are going to take place this week, with the events that took place last week, with the way that our climate has been over the last couple of years, I believe this is something that each of us needs to understand and take to heart. If I am grieving my brother or sister by my actions, I'm not walking in love. It doesn't mean I have to change my mind. It just means I need to change my heart a little bit. It just means I need to make a little bit more room in my heart for their point of view. And to be understanding whether I think I'm right and they're wrong or vice versa, I just need to leave room for understanding so that we can walk 
in love. Because in 2021, we truly want to make it count. We can't make it count if we're divided. And there is so much to divide over. So let's remember what brings us together. It's the love of Jesus. The only place that this many different opinions can come together and actually work and not result in total chaos is the church. It doesn't work in government. It doesn't work at your workplace. It doesn't work in most of the organizations in this world. It doesn't work on most of our sports teams. We've seen them all divide. Yet the church is the one place that God designed for all of us to come together with different ideas and to be accepting of those and to still walk in love. It's the only place where it should look totally different. Not because we're all the same, but because we celebrate what makes us different. And we say things like, I've never thought about it like that before. Hey, I'd like to know more about your, your point of view. I'd like, to, I'd like to talk about that and, and have true dialogue about, about what you think on that matter. I, I really want to grow. I really want to learn. That, that's God's design for the church. And so I just want to tell you this. If you are a supporter of the outgoing president, I hope you'll be mindful of the brother or sister who is a supporter of the incoming president. If you are someone who doesn't believe we should have to wear masks and social distance, I hope you'll just be mindful of the one, of the brother or sister who does. And if you are a person who doesn't think that Chick-fil-A is the greatest restaurant on God's earth, I hope you'll be mindful of those who are just wrong. And let's live in love. So there's this quote from Bob Goff. He says this, Our opinions are what we'll be known for. That's a true statement, isn't it? You're known for your opinion. When people think about you, especially if you've voiced them recently, people think about your opinion. But it's that last line that gets at my heart. Our love is what we'll be remembered for. And I think he also could have added, our love or our lack of love is what we'll be remembered for. So in 2021, if we truly want to make it count, let's be remembered for our love. Let's not be known. We can be known for our opinions, but let's be remembered for our love. So let's make love count. This week, let's make love count. Let's show love to every person that we come into contact with. So this morning, or excuse me, I've got one more line. I, I forgot about the wise words from the Apostle Paul. Excuse me, I want to share this with you. Love never fails. Amen? You can say it louder. Amen? Love never fails. Let's remember that this week. So if you're here today and you would like to make some changes in your life, you would like to experience the love of Jesus, you would like to put Christ on in baptism, we'd love to assist you in that and see you baptized into Christ today. If you need the prayers of this church or if you need to speak with somebody after service because of some things that are going on in your life, we want to help you in whatever way that we can. We're going to stand and sing a song in just a moment. And if you'd like to respond publicly or if you want to talk with somebody after we're done, I just hope that you'll find the time to talk to somebody if there's something on your heart today. Let's stand as we sing this song.